vacation is officially over. Time to go back to work. And goddamn, I wait, get off the friggin' plane, <laughs> and my phone had, I think our WhatsApp group had 50, 60 messages. Oh, um, well, you, you also had Chris and, let's get this out of the way first. When Chris and Jake are both around and not working, that chat just, there's 90 messages a minute. Blows up. You got you and Chris just go on a tangent when you now two you, are. It's basically now you have my attention. Yeah. The, the worst part is that when I was up in the air, I'm just like, I swear to God, if Mitch Marner signs, <laughs> hope nothing interesting happens. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like, like, oh, please don't let anything happen. I get off the ground. I see this like the 60 icon on my WhatsApp. Where, where were you like, flying from though, Dave? How long was this flight? Okay, so I'm flying from Rome to Toronto. So that's I, like seven hours. Oh, it's like eight and a half hours. Oh my mm. god! No way, no. So I well, I our flight was an hour late getting out. That really pissed me off. But then somehow we made up the time. Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, I'm not complaining, but I get off and I see the six messages. Like, oh my god, did he actually? Did Mitch actually sign while <laughs> I was in the air? And no. then I hear everyone's talking about. A helicopter following an SUV with Kawhi, and I'm just like, yep. what in the world is going on? I go oh, just peak. I go away for ten days, and the city loses its goddamn mind. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I didn't. I was down in the city today, and I didn't hear about it. Like this started right when I got home, and it's. Oh, it's just so stupid. Like what I put on Twitter was just like. Kawhi, Kawhi wants so just wants to be quiet. Doesn't want any attention on his free agency, which obviously hasn't worked out very well for. One I mean, certain it, that's 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 literally an impossibility. That's like me no. saying that's like me saying I want to eat McDonald's every day but not get fat. It's like okay, that's a great thing, but it's never happening. Yeah, um, and then Toronto just immediately, as soon as he touches the tarmac, has a chopper in the air filming him. All, his entire way well, through the city. It also it all started because in MLS they they found out that the MLS D plane was going yep. from LA to Toronto. So bada bing bada boom, they're like, who is on the plane? They and that seemed... was a big thing because remember the last time an MLS D plane was reported or even came into the news, Mike Babcock became the coach of the Leafs. Yeah. So. So they don't just bring it up and throw it around for nothing. So okay, I gotta ask Jake a question here because. This is apparently uncharted territory for Toronto. Have you ever seen anything like this go down in the States? Yeah, LeBron last year. Was it really that? Like, LeBron's, like, really... Yeah, crazy. they had his... They, like, tracked his flight. Wow. They had, a, they had him getting off. I've, I've seen it all the time. It's just, I don't know. People just, like, making jokes. Like, I understand it, but it's... No, I... Like, dude... Just look at European soccer, man. There was an entire thread on, I think it was it was an English team. It might have been West Ham or some middle of the road Woo! club like that. They they had like a they had a target and they're just like this guy is stopping on his way through London and uh, oh no, it was Liverpool. It was Liverpool and it was a player oh, from like a French say, a, West Ham. It was West a player Ham, from a French league right. team. And they're like, he's going from his French league, but he's his plane. They tracked his private jet, and they're like, his jet is stopping. Uh, it's going near Liverpool, 
and then turns his plane just got redirected around the weather. And they had like a Reddit Reddit report. It was like ten slides wrong. And they were just like, Yeah, apparently he was just going back to the Netherlands where he lives and they had to go around the weather. Yeah, that's <laughs> something that like you they need do to this be sure on. They do this for like backup strikers in Europe, so I mean, oh. if he ever, if you ever think it's going to be completely quiet, like you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. No, absolutely. But do you? I don't know. There's been two trains of thought on this. Do you think it's too much or like this coverage? I think it was. Oh, it was. It was completely embarrassing. Yes. But I, I mean, I can't blame the media. I mean, no. I, I think most of the sports media, especially, are jokes considering the way most of them cover sports now in this clickbaity age, like ESPN and Fox sports are just so bad with that sometimes, (laughs) but Hey man, they got, they got to pay people too. So do whatever it takes to get clicks. I mean, CP 24 is getting ragged on, but I guarantee you instead of, you know, people just watching it while waiting to get their teeth cleaned in a dentist office, they actually had people tune into their station. So I yep. mean, I can't blame them. I highly doubt... Like, I saw some clown-ass comments. People like, yeah. oh, this is a bad thing. MLSC and the Raptors linked this to the media. It's like, you think you think Masai Ujiri linked this to the media? You are a moron. Do you think, do you think Masai Ujiri won? It wasn't even a sports network. This was the 24-hour news channel. You think he wanted them to set up a chopper to fa- follow... The SUV of the the most prized free agent this off season that we know wants to keep everything low key, like that makes that makes no sense whatsoever. Just none. There's no I logic like to that. It's also funny because for anybody that doesn't live in Toronto and doesn't know what CP24 is, CP24 basically shows up at sporting events, say the Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and their angle is always just basically how does this thing that you're doing affect the city of Toronto? It's never like because they're, they have a sports beat reporter. They just send a person and ask about the city. So it, it's not like it was Sportsnet and you sort of expected from them. It was just a news station sent a chopper out and followed a car. Like it was the Bronco chase from OJ Simpson through the city yeah. of Toronto. That was pretty incredible, but. So it's yeah, it's not like it was even a sports thing. That's why it was so off the wall. It's like, oh, here's traffic at twelve, and then they just cut to Kawhi, possibly Kawhi. They don't even know if it is Kawhi. Yeah, so that's that's the part. It's just like you don't even know if it's actually him. Just three black individuals got off a plane that was MLSEs. There was no confirmation that it was Kawhi, but they still did like an hour and a half of live coverage, staked outside the hotel and watching him from the chopper. So my question to you guys is, after today, does this change your thought process of what happens with Kawhi at the end? Do you think this, the fact that we haven't heard anything concrete, a decision, does that give you any good feeling or is are you starting to lean towards, uh, I don't think this is happening? I, I was earlier in the process, I was kind of like, oh no. Because I was talking to this about with one of our friends, Chris. I was saying, like, this just doesn't make sense. Like, the whole people, like, I know, Lakers are basically like the Leafs. They just, 
all their fans will just latch on to anything they can hear. And like they had Reddit users, they had fucking Chris Broussard, they had oh, a bunch God. of clown they had a bunch of clown reporters reporting that it was like one hundred percent done. And I was just like, shit, alright. Maybe What's... I should kinda look into this, but don't because I know I'm not gonna get information that I like to see. And I thought the whole meeting was in LA. Was this I didn't know it was in LA, but I mean I figured Masai and Bobby went to meet him in LA, but I was very, I mean, I think it's a really good sign that he came here, especially (laughs) considering he flew in at like six in the morning to, to come to Toronto. It's like a six hour flight. I I find it very hard to believe he would fly all this way out here to say thanks, but no thanks. Well, it just wouldn't make sense to me. But again, then again, I look at the Lakers and Clippers and both of their pitches make no sense to me anyway. (laughs) <laughs> like the La- the Lakers makes like the literally the Phoenix Suns make more sense as a team for Kawhi than the LA Lakers. The Lakers have one thing. It is the fact that they can be make him like the richest player in the world, which he does not want. The most famous and richest player in the world, which he does not care for. They can win, which he does care for, and it's his hometown. But his entire legacy was built on being the dynasty killer, being the guy that was made won his MVP by shutting down LeBron James, and now you're telling me he's gonna basically take his entire legacy and throw it behind a super team where he's gonna play second or third fiddle behind LeBron James, even though he said he wanted to be the man and he led a team to a championship being the man. Made no sense to me. Also, the fact that the Lakers right now are an absolute disaster. They're, I mean, they're the biggest side on the NBA. They they like, basically just they nice. just had one of their greatest players to ever play for the team, Magic Johnson, who completely destroyed the organization on the way out. Yep. He spilled the beans on first take. He was he basically called their GM like a backstabbing asshole. And now he's going to bat for the Lakers, and he's just like, oh, yeah, wh- everything I said, nope, didn't mean it. Like, what? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. And it's like, I mean, going back to Kyrie when they were in Cleveland, uh, what is it, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, the guys that just got traded in the AD deal, like, is anybody that has played with LeBron over the last couple of years looked upset when they've left his team? No, none of them. Remember Brandon Ingram when he got traded? He literally put a fucking smiley face. And as Josh, his Josh Hart posted a posted a thing on his story of him smiling. Like it seems. I nice mean, don't, to play with don't get me on the don't get me lo- wrong. LeBron is a fantastic oh, player, yeah. probably one of the top three players to ever play basketball. I think he has the biggest ego in the entire sport, which oh, yeah. they love to gloss over because he's such a great humanitarian figure. He's a horrible teammate. He basically plays fucking GM. He's done that for ever since he moved to Miami. I mean, I have a respect for players that want to get like all the money they're paid and have the power and stuff like that. But I think it's a joke if you're trying to do other people's jobs. And that's what he does. I mean, I think the worst part is ever since he started this bullshit where his fucking friend, who doesn't even have a college degree started a um sports started agency. A, a sports oh, agency and starts representing all these players like how the fuck is that not collusion you think this guy isn't a complete puppet to him you are a moron like i, I don't know how 
Adam, uh, Adam Silver doesn't just say, no, no, <laughs> this is not allowed. Literally every single one of his clients is always linked with LeBron James. Like, it, yep. it's a joke. Yeah, and Le- wasn't LeBron, uh, didn't he admit that he talked to Kawhi during the season and they didn't call catch him for tampering? Yeah, he did. But they caught Doc Rivers? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say that the league is on the Lakers' side because obviously after no. that Chris Paul trade where they nixed that trade, the league's um, on LeBron's side though. Like let's call yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just look at just look if at the media. If it's anyone other than math, LeBron on that team, that's they're, they're, they're slapped on a fine. Watch ESPN; they'll basically be on his jock because the guy had a fucking Taco Tuesday with his two-year-old daughter. Like they're they're, they're they legitimately reported on that. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Have some respect for yourself. Imagine being a legit reporter and they're just like, yeah, so we're going to go to LeBron's Taco Tuesday. Would you report on that? I'd be like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's no secret that ESPN is the LeBron network. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I don't want to talk about that much because I did get the chance to work for ESPN for a little bit during the I mean, hey, it's the right business. I mean, yeah. Right, hate him too. or hate him or love him. He's a completely. He's a really. I mean, what's the word? He's like a polarizing figure. He he's, is. He, he there's is. no in between. There's no like. Ah, eh, he's a decent guy. Uh, I'm okay with him. I could do with it. Do with him or without him. Like you either hate him or you love him. There's no in between. No, you got no, LeBron no. stands or you got people that hate LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I mean, that's are, why he makes so much money, though. He's a billionaire. I mean, and those are Jordan, and he's worked hard for yeah. that too. He's, you know, he's he's built all those different companies. He's, you know, let's not always forget all the stuff he does outside of basketball too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, outside of basketball, I have a ton of respect for LeBron James, but as a basketball player, I don't. I don't think he. I think a lot of decisions he makes, I don't agree with. Uh-huh. But. Outside of it, I have no problem with him as a human being. Excellent role model. Yeah. Uh, excellent human being, ambassador for basketball. But, yeah. And the, and that right there is the reason why LeBron, above everyone else, gets the rep he does. Yeah. It's because the NBA wants more players to follow what his lead is rather than maybe what you see from other guys. As they should, though. I mean, yeah. I wish the NHL was had somebody like LeBron who would put him had the ability to or had the had the willingness to put himself out there in that spotlight to be hated like that. Because there's there's no villains in hockey. No. Like I don't no. know, maybe they maybe the Boston Bruins, but that's more of a Boston yeah. issue. Yeah, people try then, to put PK Subban as that as that guy. Some but, some fan bases for sure. PK yeah, Subban yeah. is a villain too. Yeah, the like sixty year old dads that are like. Why yeah. does he celebrate? Why does he wonder, dress weird? Yeah, I wonder what some of that disdain has to do with. Let me think. So anyway, Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Yeah, I'm. I, I think. Look, if Kawhi wants this to end, he knows what he has to do. He has to make his choice. I have no problem with him taking as much time as he needs. I don't think this is. It's not easy in the fact that he has to choose between does he want to stay home. Or does he want to? Does he think the Raptors will be good enough to do another run? Which I let's be honest, I think the Raptors have an even better chance next year, considering what happened to the Eastern Conference. 
We yeah. got uh, yeah, it got weakened a little bit. Oh. Yeah, even though KD, who knew that even though KD would come to the East, him being out for the year gives Toronto an even better chance considering oh, yeah. what f- happened to Philly, what happened to Boston, what happened to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee. Um, I think I, I think Boston might. I think I actually think Boston might have gotten maybe a little. Slightly better, slightly better. I think just based on team chemistry and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think Philly did. I think they got slightly worse. Um, <laughs> I, don't I think get Milwaukee makes, makes, makes no mess. sense to me. Um, we, I was very happy this. to see Jimmy Butler leave, especially considering his track record against the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, they are. One thing I know is that was probably the toughest series the Raptors played. They were the re- yeah. yeah. The reason they were so difficult was because of how physically big they were. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Butler also killed the Raptors. Yes, I think I'm the next. size thing is going to be a serious different, a serious. Um, it would be. It's going to be seriously difficult to deal with. But their I just, entire I, offense. I just don't see them. I just don't see how they'd be able to score. Yeah, I don't get their offense. They like, don't. I know no, Harper's they don't. They name. don't have any shooters. But it's like Ben Simmons is your ball carrier, and then he there's four four other guys. Yeah, he can't shoot. So you basically have their a best, so best three point shooter is probably Al Horford, which is yeah. not a good thing. Holy you basically have to run an ISO for Ben Simmons, have him drive, and then kick out to one of the four guys that'll be standing at the three point line. Not gonna be good. Not gonna be good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just really curious to see how. It, I'm I'm curious to look. Kawhi's people haven't really said anything. I know they like to keep everything really close to the vest, but it's like at some point you have to kind of give some sort of indication, like a leak that, oh, you know, I mean, Jake, I think you had, you uh, said there was a tweet that it could be a couple more days before yeah. a decision is made. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think you can go until like next week and be like, yeah, we're we're still thinking it through. Let's be let's also be honest here. He's had almost the whole year, like his his team has been working almost the whole year on this. The other two teams that are in the sweepstakes have publicly tampered with him during the season. Yeah, well, publicly. Well, embar- they've gone yeah. to embarrassing levels. Oh yeah. Like, you had like the GM for the Clippers fucking stalk him for an entire year. Yeah, well, that's what I'm... Doc Rivers and got still, caught for And it. still get nominated. To be fair to Doc Rivers, I think that was a fucking joke that he was put in that position by yeah, Steve exactly. Smith. But, I mean, the fact that they had Lawrence Frank basically stalk him around the fucking league. You had, you had Steve Bomber going to his fucking games on the road. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, be a little more obvious. It's like if Mark Cuban was sitting in Drake's seats by the Raptors bench. Like a, I would just be like, why are you as an owner going to a, another team's games? Yeah. If your if other fan bases know what your owner's face looks like, he should not be anywhere near another team's court, unless his team's playing there. I I also don't see like Steve Ballmer like he doesn't he doesn't strike me as some excellent recruiter tech genius <laughs> yes. The guy seems like he would be way too over the top with it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kawhi. I mean, hopefully he doesn't take too long, but I mean. Hey, I think the fucking longer the better. I actually saw like a really funny theory 
that was basically like, imagine Kawhi just goes out there, <laughs> wastes all this time for the Clippers and Lakers so they get no other free agents and then resigns back. Yeah, I saw that. That would completely oh. screw them. The, the Lakers have four contracts. Four. Yeah, they're they're going to fill out the rest of their roster with a D-League lineup. Well, I feel like a guy like DeMarcus Cousins who's been waiting for a deal. Didn't um He'll be one didn't of those sorry, guys. Dave. Didn't Richard Jefferson say he was coming out of retirement for a season? I think he's just trolling. Oh, oh I yeah. think so too. Richard Jefferson is a bit would straight of a... up give him a veteran minimum though right now. For sure. Richard Jefferson is I like Richard Jefferson, but he is such a troll. He's a bit of an ass. Oh, he's uh, I got to meet him too. He's a beauty. I love that guy. Yeah, he's big he lived in New Jersey for a while, played for the Nets. He is a great guy, but he is a definite troll. Oh, yeah. He's he's loving retirement. Yeah. good. Hey, he does a really good job. Works for the Nets, uh, Nets play-by-play crew on Yes. He does a really good job. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if they strike out on Kawhi, like, even if they don't get Kawhi, like, what are you going to do now? You've put all your eggs into this basket. The Clippers are fucked. Yeah, the Clippers, the Clippers are, are. Yeah. They're in trouble. Clippers are in trouble. Because they like, basically have talked about this date for like over a calendar year. Yeah. The thing, the thing that still blows my mind about that is this is a team that has never made the conference finals in fifty fucking years. They didn't have the balls to trade for this guy. Why not? That's that is my issue with all these GMs, the Celtics, the Sixers, the yeah. Clippers, the Lakers. They pro- he probably would have already re-signed with all of them if they just traded for him, but they didn't have the balls. Boston doesn't want to trade Jalen Brown. He's fucking terrible. Philly didn't want to trade Markel Fultz. Are yeah, you fucking retarded? The Clippers don't want to trade like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like, great. DeLon Wright, in order to have a fucking top three player in the world. The Lakers... Just the fucking arrogance on that team just basically like, why? Why would we even waste our core? We'll just get them for free. Yeah. That's the arrogance that I, led them I, having to give up, what, fucking 11 pieces to get Anthony Davis? That's yeah, it right the, there. Like, the Clippers, uh, they're not going to be good if they miss out on Kawhi, but, like, at least they'll have a roster. <laughs> the Lakers, like you said, they have less than a starting lineup if they don't land Kawhi, and all the free agents have been still, signed. I'd, all ra- the good I would, I'd still rather have the Lakers than the Clippers. Oh, well, yeah, because you have LeBron and AD. Yeah. Yeah. The Clippers have their best players fucking six man of the year, Lou Williams. But what is LeBron, 35, 36 now? He's turning 35. Yeah, I mean, you got to – it's obvious, but you got to have somebody behind that. That's why – that that is why I think why the Pelicans got so much out of uh, the Lakers because David Griffin, the old GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers – he knows LeBron James. He ba- he basically did exactly what I thought I would have done if I was in position. I would have been like, listen, you have a 34-year-old, once-in-a-generation superstar. I can wait you out. He's going to get one year older, mm-hmm. one year worse, yeah. or he can just he can just wait it out here. So be it. I don't have to wait out everyone else. I just have to wait out you. And he did it. And he got everything. <laughs> He got literally everything. That was a haul he got. Oh, yeah. The oh Pelicans look like they'll be a playoff team next year. Yeah. Yeah, if all the pieces work out, for sure. 
I, I just think this is also why Kawhi respects a guy like Masai Ujiri because he's the big thing about the Raptors was, you know, Masai went all in. He took the risk because he believed in what Kawhi could do. And he even made it a point to say, Kawhi, or, or, I'm sorry, Kawhi, Masai, are you staying? Like, I, like if, if obviously if Masai was gone, the Raptors probably don't have as strong of a chance to, to keep Kawhi. I, I don't think, I think there was a 0% chance yeah. if he left. Considering... If you saw the interview that they had, I think it was I think it was um, the gym or something like that said it. The Raptors um, like YouTube series where Kawhi asked two questions and it was Are you gonna stay long term and how can we and how can we like shape this roster in order to win? That was the only two questions he had. Not like where's the best groceries, what fucking TV channels do you get? Do you have to open a Canadian bank account? None of that bullshit. It was, how can I continue to win, and are you staying here? And that was telling to me. I think that once I heard that from Masai, I was like, okay, that's that's a good news. Very much so. Um, and we'll hope that that news continues as we continue with Kawhi Watch. Now, before we get to the Leafs, I want to get some water, so we're going to take a short, short break. It's like it's like Panda Watch from Anchorman. Yes. <laughs> Panda Watch. Ching Ling over there. Ching Ling King. Uh, hey. I tried to get a better look, but they told me they told me no, sir, you can't go in there. That is a live bear. It will literally rip you in half. <laughs> Come on uh, out here! You're making me look stupid. <laughs> oh, you panda jerk! Oh, I got to make a graphic now. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and I'm gonna grab some water. And Dave needs get H2O, into, damn it. And we're going to get into the next big piece of news, and that's what the Leafs did in free agency. All right, I want to thank you guys for uh, bearing with us of, of our short little break there. I'm pretty Dave sure. got that H2O. Oh, man, that was bad. Bad choice on my part not to get that water ready. This is why I was on vacation. You, know, you forget everything. Be prepared at all times. So... I don't. The way this whole leaf situation has unfolded has been has been something pretty pretty interesting to see. You know, for how long the conversation has been? How can Kyle Dubas added the right-handed defenseman? This has been the conversation since uh, what? Since Lou Armorello took over as GM. Let's see. Man, around that it's time, it's been a conversation for over five years, so it's been a problem for a minute. <laughs> so ever since, look, it started with the Leafs need a number one center. The Leafs dropped Austin Matthews. The Leafs need a right-handed defenseman, and that from that moment, the, the Leafs. This has been the yes. biggest black cloud hanging over the Leafs. Man, they they brought this up on so. they get they brought this up on overdrive. Who is the last like really good right hand D the Leafs have had? Thomas Caroline was he even no he was a lefty. lefty. No. He was a lefty. Brian McCabe, McCabe was a lefty. He was a lefty. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. They I were think both he lefties. Was. I I just in my mind I remember McCabe on the power play with those set up one timers. They were it, both lefties. Was it Cody Franzen when he had that really good? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what they said on overdrive. My boy Cody overdrive Franzen. said said it was Cody Franzen. 
Was Mike Koska a righty when he had the one Shut year that he played Mike in the NHL? Koska. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm saying above average, like all-star level right-handed D. You say Mike Koska. It's oh, been a bad sick. couple of years. Bad couple. It's been bad fucking 20 years. Well, that was 2013, so it's been a bad six years. Oh, I'm looking up a uh, kind of a database of like Leafs defensemen. Oh, no. Was it? Oh, Brett Lebda was a lefty. Yeah. Stop it. Lucian. Ken Klee was a lefty. Ken Klee. Man, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Think about the most obscure defenseman you could think of. Mark Frazier. Oh, boy. Hey, and you can make the case Anton Strawman. To a certain degree. Stop. He was trash when they had him. Oh, was Ian White a right-hand defenseman? No, he, he was, was a left. Uh, oh, no, I think he was a right. Wait. Yeah, he was, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I got the guy right here, guys. I got him. Pavel Kubina. No fucking oh. way. That was a Burke signing. Was that Burke? Yeah. I thought that was uh, during the John Ferguson Jr. time, because that was when Paul Maurice was coach. Oh, no, I think it was Brian Burke's first signing. No, that was 06 07 was Pavel Kubina. God damn. No way, man. Yeah, 2006 to 2009 they also added Hal Gill that same offseason I think Hal I Gill. might still have that that was a joke they added guys like like Dubas would have fucking puked in his in his goddamn uh, hoodie if he saw some of the people they signed Powell Cabina uh, Hal Gill Mike Commissarek like oh my Jason god Jason Allison man. Jason oh. Allison guys that couldn't fucking move Jeff Finger yeah, that was uh, Cliff Fletcher. Yeah, that was, oh, that was my awesome. boy. That was when he was been like, yeah, who was leading highlight with the Maple Leafs was getting crushed. Man, through a I am, look, I am looking at this list of players. This is fucking bleak. It I is. Think, I think it's Ian, depressing. I think Cody Cody Franzen is probably the best right-handed yeah. dude they've had since the fucking eighties. And he's so so. Still... So what this all means, folks, is. Don't be don't be nitpicking on the Tyson Berry trade. Cody Franzen played in the KHL last year. He played with. Did he? I feel like he played with Mikheyev last year. I thought he was, or no, that was the year before he was. Cody Franzen played, played in the AHL. Avangard, so. Yep, he played with Mikheyev. Yeah. Anybody um, say no to bringing Cody Franzen back for a season? He played Smart with. I think it was Rockford he played for, yeah, two seasons ago when they made a run at the yeah. Calder when the Marlies won. He played ha- played 23 games with the Blackhawks and got sent down. He was a great player for the Leafs. I loved his little little half-slapper. I remember oh, yeah. that. The goal he had against Boston, he had two goals in the playoffs. He netted the Leafs that first-round pick when they traded Yes, he did. Nashville. Oh, yeah. From Nashville. Him and Santorelli. Yes, Mike Santorelli. Yeah, Mike Santorelli. That's a good, good question. Do you know who they got with that first round pick? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so that was the pick they traded down. Oh, it was Travis um, Dermott. Yeah, they traded that pick, didn't they? That was. Uh, oh, that was the 2015 draft. So that was Marner's draft. I think so they traded down. Right. I think you're right. Because it so was supposed, it would have been connecting because I think that was the trade they traded with Philly. Yeah, they get they traded connect. Yeah. Oh, so it was connecting. Yeah, 
And then the least. And they got they got Brocco and uh, Dermot, so pretty good. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Um, we haven't talked since the draft, have we? No, no. I because I left. Uh, I left that Monday. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, you can't really do a podcast when you're in Europe. No, you can't. Well, not with that attitude, you can't. <laughs> you guys, you guys have no idea how what internet is like on these cruise ships. Well, you're out in the middle of the ocean, so it can't be ideal. Nope. And trying to bring all that, all the stuff I need to make the podcast work, ain't gonna happen. Uh, well, I mean, their draft was really good. <laughs> yeah. So. We can leave it there if you want. Well, the, the, I mean, obviously the big news from that draft weekend was them trading Patrick Marlowe. And yep. then people yeah. complaining about them giving up a first-round pick. Yeah, something I was really upset about, but it's just something you have to, you know, you have to do. It. The, the, yeah. way I, the way I also saw it, Jake, though, is not only did the Leafs give up a first-round pick to move that salary, Carolina paid over $6 million for a first-round pick that's most likely going to be in the bottom yeah. 25 to 30 range. So they spent $6 million on a guy that's going to be, at best, depending on what type of player they get, a f- potential second line forward, maybe a half-decent defenseman. It's, yep, it's yep, Montreal. Draft. Yet Montreal didn't think that they would match a fucking terrible offer sheet. Okay, do you want to get... Um, okay. Oh... So we can't there's, not. There's just so oh, we're discussing. I'm just debating which way we're gonna go. There's just too many avenues right now because. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's let's um, let's do the offer sheet first. Then we'll go Leafs. Yeah. So, how happy do you think Kyle Dubas was to see that offer sheet? Very happy. He said it basically on overdrive. He said that will that will have an effect on negotiations they have with RFAs. I mean, yeah. that's pretty Every pointed. single RFA. <laughs> not just Marner. With RFAs, you he's mean not, RFA. He's not talking about fucking Alex Kerfoot. Huh. No. No. Um, yeah, I mean, look, first off, um, I don't know if you guys listened to the Steve Dangle podcast. The newest one? Yeah. The one they I have, have not yet, but I will get to it. Um, Eric Ingalls, who covers the Canadian Montreal Canadiens for Sportsnet, had a couple of good uh, thoughts into it. Into like, Okay, so also remind me again, what's the threshold between paying four first so, round picks and the first, second, and third round pick? 10-5 and 8-5. So if Montreal had paid one more dollar, they would have owed Carolina an extra first round pick. I think it was like five hundred grand, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. no, it was like an actual dollar. Like it's whatever, oh. like the seventy one that they paid him at the end, and the seventy two is the next threshold. It's so That's just so ridiculous. <laughs> so they they could have given up an extra first if they had paid probably had probably had the player in the bag if they offered him the next threshold, yeah. the top end of it, would have had him. I mean, Aja was, Aja was really good, but two firsts, a second, and a thirds. I mean, him? you at least consider it. No, you do it all least. the time. Especially I'm if saying at the very least, you take a hard look at it. You probably take it. Yeah. I mean, especially for Carolina, because then you're, you're adding way more money. You're adding, like, probably... Te- 
10 more million, something like that, to the contract. Yeah. And, and, the, and he add that in bonuses. Yeah, the, the Wood, bonuses. Wood, that was going to make them sweat, too. Yeah, that was not going to be easy. Because, look, this owner, it, like, he'll pay it for one player. But the trickle-down yeah. effect with the other guys who are making. In the team, yeah. Yeah, like you look at Justin Falk, Dougie Hamilton, who have been rumored to be on the block. I, I wonder if that was part of Montreal's thinking, is that there's probably a good chance Carolina's going to match it, but now Carolina's going to have to think of ways to cut costs because that's the way Carolina does business now. And I think an owner that makes it, that publicly known puts a target on the team's back to, by doing that as well. Well, that's what the Maple Leafs were apparently going to get into when uh, they signed Taveras. Lou with the big bad contract offer. Not so much, eh? No, um, but such a gazy thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hell, it, if we can get and, into that. Later. I fucking wish the Canadians offer you to martyr that number. I would be dancing. Oh my god! Yeah, they I, wouldn't do the Leafs that kind of favor. They would, unless the Leafs were sending them something back. They, I love how you say they wouldn't do the Leafs that favor. That just goes to show how a big a fucking embarrassment that offer sheet oh, yeah. was. Oh yeah, no, not a good offer sheet at all. But you definitely wouldn't give that courtesy to a division rival for one of their best players. But that's I'm stating the obvious here. So my question now is. Montreal really doesn't have a player with an RFA status like a Marner or an Ajo, right? They don't have any good players. Their entire thing was either land Anders Lee or land Sebastian, land an RFA. To be fair, to be fair to them, I actually think that offer sheet took them out of what could have been one of the worst deals in the history of the league. Considering some of the money that was talked about for Anders Lee, I heard like $9 million. Seven times yeah. seven, which is still okay. a ridiculous amount. Yeah. But like, You're I, him can, to Kevin I can at least, I can at least have a conversation where somebody gives me a, a case for that, and I'd be like, okay, I can see that. But well, like I, now, they had they had talks about like nine million or something like that. Now it's seven mil per. It's like hey, at least he's not Kevin Hayes. Exactly. I actually nice. like Anders Lee. I think he's oh, overpaid. Yeah. He's probably oh, a guy that can score and, 30 goals. And he's got but... seven years as well from... Like, if Barzell he... has a good season this year, like he didn't have the greatest year, like Lee's probably going to have another 35-goal year if Barzell's on. Yeah, probably. And it's a pretty safe... Did, didn't he have 40 play. goals with Tavares? Yeah. Yeah, he did. So there you go. He had a massive year with Tavares, and then Tavares left. So... yeah. And after Tavares left, Barzal moved up to the first line, obviously, and he he didn't do bad, but he didn't have like the eighty something point that he did in his rookie year. I think year. he did pretty bad. I think didn't he have like eight goals or eleven goals or something? He definitely. I had him on my fantasy team. He definitely didn't score very regularly. No, he's he 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 had a hard time putting the puck in the net. Let's see what he finished with. I think he might have had like ten goals. Yeah, that um, sounds about right. He had. Oh, he had eighteen. Wow. I was going to say, you sound like he had more. He had 32 the year before, so. Yeah. No, he had 32 the year before. Well, let's also not forget the Islanders suck offensively. Like, And they also, Anders Lee wasn't even their weirdest signing of the day. I mean. It was Varlamov. I mean. What the hell was that? The politics of signing him aside, like. He uh, sucks. Yeah. He's just not good. Outside of the fact he's a piece of shit. He tore his groin two years ago. 
Jake, as Jake is probably going to mention, he has the domestic violence issues with. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a wife. woman abuser. That's that's strike number one. Why? Strike, you no, no, no. Let's strike. Let's strike one, two, and three. Yeah. Sorry, I'm giving him way too much credit. Yes. He shouldn't be signed just because of that. He should be out of the league like uh, Voynov is. I'm very surprised Lou would sign a guy like that. Me too. It's it's, it's just sports, it's honestly. It's just a desperate move, too. Yeah, it's sports. It's integrity goes out the window as soon as... Well, he's not if you're, good, but he was the best goalie on the board after Laner signed in Chicago. Well, if you're an organization with no morality, it is, but yeah, no exactly. teams have it. But this is the, yeah. this is the interesting part. Varlamov signed before Leonard went to Chicago. Yeah. But Leonard already didn't he say there wasn't there a report that he had already said no, no to so, New York. So they no, switched. this is what, what happened was uh, the Steve Daniel podcast also had a guy from New York on. They he offered was, him one they, or two year deal or something. Yeah, they like offered him <laughs> a two year deal at five million. He said, "Let me think about it. Let me see." Or Turned probably down for one year. He probably said, "Let me see what else is out there." And Lou went, "Nope, sorry." Offer's gone. Here's Varlamov for four years. That's so bad. That's what he did. Why do you sign? Hold on. Isn't Varlamov like 32? He's up. He's there. been around a while. 31. So he's gonna be. Uh, 35. Almost, almost 35 when the deal's done. He'll be 34 and change. Yeah. Likely. Um. Man, and he's only only six two. I thought he was like five eleven. Small oh, no, he's, a, he's big. a big goalie. Yeah, I know. He's not bad. I, he's he got a great athlete, too. I also think he has a relationship with the Islanders' uh, goalie coach or one of the coaches. And that's, I just don't. Uh, Mitch Korn, yeah. Yeah, so. He was with Washington. I don't know if he was there when Parliament was there, but yeah. Yeah, it's just it's such a weird move, and there's so many weird moves. I mean, there's been a the lot. Brandon Tanev deal is probably the worst deal of the day. Well, the money probably not. Like, it, it was the term. You don't yeah, give a third liner for six a years. guy. What, he, I actually he, don't mind him as a player. I think he's all right. Yeah, it's just okay. six years though. Yeah, and I, he can't have more than thirty as his career high, right? No, his career high is 29. 29 and points, he's, by the way. he's scored... Didn't he get like 3 million? Three and a half over six oh, years. Jesus. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's uh, like... I mean... Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what you, uh, you want to say, honestly, with that. It's just Jim Rutherford... I'm really interested to see, I forget who put it up, maybe it was LeBron that had the GM that said, I'm shedding salary now to give away stupid contracts tomorrow. Or something along those lines. Yeah, there was a GM that told LeBron, yeah, LeBron, yeah. LeBron, LeBron, that LeBron. I'm giving, like, we're, get, take, we're, we're giving away bad contracts just to go sign more of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean... You look at this free agent class. There wasn't a lot to be excited about. I mean, it was Pavel- a pretty good class, I think. I mean, Pavelski was good. Myers was a, a apparently a big hot commodity because of his size. Panarin, um, obviously. Panarin. That's massive for well, New York. Oh, they're going to turn around. It's great. But, but the thing was, like, there was 
not a lot of like oh Panarin has like a lot of teams he'll go to. He pretty much had what three. But just Panarin had three teams. And Kako and uh, next year. Yeah. <laughs> Kratsov too, who's the number and one prospect in hockey. Kratsov, Leah Adam Anderson, Fox. and Heedle in the top six. Jacob Truba. And then Adam Fox and Jacob Truba they got for funsies. And Shattenkirk. Yeah, Shattenkirk. <laughs> and that guy, and Mark Stahl. Yeah, it, anyway, there were no, quite, a f- quite a few teams that really pushed. Like, New York was probably the big, I would say my big winner so far oh, in this offseason. For me, I, I'd say I'd say New York and Nashville are my big winners. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff I, I, I loved what Nashville did. I mean, I, I love P.K. Subban. I think Nashville loved him too, but for nine million dollars, a team that couldn't score goals up front, they had to do it. I mean, yeah. they got they got a pretty decent price. They got what a couple of seconds and a good D prospect for him, and a forward yeah. as well. Yeah, they got. Four and then they cut the salary, which they, they in turn Duchesne. basically flipped him for Duchesne. Yeah, I mean that's a rock well, solid more, deal. And they have. They I think it was more. I think they're, they're going to have to pay Roman Yossi, who's going to be a UFA yeah, next year. That's the big thing. The, I their center that, depth is crazy good now. I mean, yeah, it's, I think it might they, be too good. They might have to just move some guys like, because that's, of it. They, that's got to be one of the most underrated center cores in the league. With, oh, uh, Nikhil, mm, Granlin, Ryan Johansson, and Jude Shane. Jude Shane, Kyle Turris, Nick Benino. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I forgot how many centers they have. I think yeah, they, they're probably paying like. Thirty million centers. Yeah, I think the so problem Randall's was slide in the, wing. the problem is I think they they really want to move that tourist contract. Yeah, and Benino yeah. too. Oh yeah, Benino's what four million a year? Uh, Somewhere around there. Somewhere yeah, around there. that. Uh, Johansson makes eight. Um, tourist makes five. I think tourist, is, no tourist I mean, is at six. I think. Is it six? I, I know six. he signed six by five, or was those it five still, by six? Those are still really good deals for Johansson and Tourist, though. It's no cap or no no cap no tax. Like I mean, Johansson's a big body. Well, and he doesn't score a lot, but man, he's a good assist passer. guy. Yeah, so yeah. No tax it saves a lot of money. Probably saved them about three million dollars or three to four million dollars in all those players. Yeah. Um, Duchesne signed for eight. I thought he was going to get nine, nine and a half. Yeah, I that I found that number to be low considering what. Uh, Everyone pretty much put Kevin Hayes as like the threshold of, is it a good or a bad contract? Just that is yeah. that is the that is the measuring stick for the next. Yeah. however that's many whatever, years he's signed. That's that's I don't know. Was that was that signed before the salary project projections were done or what? Yeah, that so. was that's right around it. the draft they signed. Yeah, them. that's yeah, that was. So yeah, that's that is draft. stupid. That I don't. Philadelphia so is really holy smokes. I I still don't know how they have cap room, but then I look at their RFAs and I'm like, so that's how they have cap room. Yeah. So just in case, because we need to get William Elander in this podcast as much as possible, and never complain about William Elander's contract again after looking at Kevin Hayes. No, that's a joke. Or or hell, there. even Anders Lee, and I like Anders Lee. No, Gustav Nyquist didn't he get like six million dollars? Something like that, yeah. Where did he end up? Columbus, Columbus right? Columbus. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. He's a center, but... I believe Matt Zuccarello yeah. got, like, around $6 million, too. He got too. Uh, five Minnesota years, $6 million 
from You're Minnesota. So oh, he's man. thirty. He's like thirty-two. And Minnesota's trying to trade Jason Zucker. Because... I would be all over that guy. That guy oh, yeah. is beast. Yeah, it's the, I don't think the Leafs would have the cap space to pull off of Zucker. And uh, probably the Leafs Zucker were Castle. looking in a, on a guy like Zucker. I like Zucker. I like Michael Furland. I like those forwards. I was actually I'm just about to say Furland never signed, did he? Yeah, he's had some bad, pretty bad injuries though. Oh, okay. He had I he mean, had a concussion and he had a back issue. I think it was. I mean, that's a. <sighs> I think he'll get a one-year deal. I have yeah. a feeling. He, I have a feeling he'll he's going to sign a one-year deal with the Devils. That's who I think he does. Who is um? Or who's back. the loser for you guys then in free agency? The Islanders. I mean, I mean outside of Columbus. Yeah, I say Columbus. Columbus lost their three best players. Yeah, outside of Columbus, did, um, um, I'll say the Islanders. I mean, does Zingle sign somewhere? No, he's still out there. Okay. Really, I think somebody will get a really good deal on him. Uh, I mean, he yeah, had like good. fifty. He had like fifty points. He had a good year. They got, yeah, I, didn't they get a first for him or a second? They got a. I think they got a second and a third or a couple seconds. That's a good they return. Did, they did pretty well. Yeah, they did a, I think they did pretty well to do it. I think a great place for for um, Dzingo is a place like Boston, but I I doubt they move uh, Krejci. But then again, I don't really know. Yeah. So. Let's bring this all back to the Leafs. Mm. Um, Jason Spezza. Okay, so the day started off with we're bringing in <laughs> Nick Shore and Jason Spezza. And the completion of the Zaitsev trade. And the completion of the Zaitsev trade, which, I mean, thank you, Ottawa, for wanting yeah, slam the scraps. Yeah, home run. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to say, it was that. You not only do you give away, you get rid of what was it, eight million dollars in? Oh, sorry, no, no, my math is off. Six point, um, six point eight million in salary. Sounds you know, about right. The biggest winner of this deal, as well, is Connor Brown. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he needed a restart. I mean, I've, he needs a we, he needs an opportunity to play. We gave the guy some flack during the season, but he's we don't hate him. No, I, just, I've never we've never I don't think we ever hate him. It's just. You're no. paying a guy that much to play on the fourth line, and he's not a fourth line it's, player. And it's not his fault, and we say that all the time. It's not the player's fault for the team offering him that much money and then using him in a diminished role. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, he's going to get – I mean, he's going to play in the top nine in Ottawa for sure. Oh, not top, top six, six for sure. Yeah. He could honestly play on their top line. I don't know who else Ottawa has. The way they're going is him and Kachuk just banging? Sure, why not? I mean, it's going to be a burn year in Ottawa again. They have Hainsey and Zaitsev as their second pair. Not only do they... Like, okay, so I get why they did the Zaitsev <laughs> trade. They wanted to get rid of CC. Um, but to get a pick... Like, Dubas got a pick from them. Yeah, they got a third. It's that, like, allowed them, that allowed them to move their own third to get... Um, what's his name? To get Barry. Uh, Tyson Berry. So, okay, now this brings me to my, and, and I brought this up. This is an Ottawa's third. This is also Columbus's third. And we all yeah. expect Columbus and Ottawa to not be good next year. Yeah, Columbus's third could be, like, basically a late second, which would be yeah. great. And also, then, you know, what I'm just realizing now is, obviously, the Leafs and Sens play each other to start the season. And... The Leafs just hired Paul McFarland, who's going to make their power play better by all accounts. 
and Ottawa's probably going to have Nikita Zaitsev and Ron Hainsey on the PK. Better be cooking at a 50% clip. At oh, all like, Ottawa better hope they don't take a penalty in that opener. Or the Craig Anderson plays the way Craig Anderson has in every yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say. Just, just puck movement for fun. If Craig Anderson just shows up, he'll probably have a shutout just the way he plays against the Leafs. It's like Ryan Miller a couple of years ago. So, the I mean, this trade doesn't. If this trade doesn't happen, Leafs don't make the next deal. I mean, if if a bunch of trades, like if Marlowe doesn't get traded, Captain and Johnson don't get signed. Yeah, I think I like, think it was that moment you realize with that like him with pretty much Dubas saying this Patrick Marlowe deal allows us to bring back. Janssen and Kappen, that pretty much signaled those two were not being traded for anything. I remember a couple days ago, everyone was upset that Dubas was re-signing Martin Marincin, and that was our biggest issue. They're like, how could things get any worse? We haven't traded Marlowe, we haven't traded Zaitsev. And, sorry, Marlowe's trade happened, but it was like, nothing big has happened, and you still have Zaitsev here. Well, it was also because the Leafs had missed out on Colin Miller, and everyone was losing it. Yeah, that's what set everything Still would have like, liked. We have to go out and do something. Yeah. They got it was what a two or something. Two and a five. A, yeah, that's still awful. But don't have the money, so. So the, now poor team or rich team problems, rich in cap space. That is. Yeah. So we know the details of the Nazem Kadri trade. You got. Yeah. Kadri, a third round pick, and Callie Rosen going to Colorado for Kerfoot, Tyson Berry at two point seven five million. And uh, a six-round pick. I think the Leafs gave up a third. This is the thing I wanted to ask you guys. Nazem Kadri actually did the Leafs a favor. Oh, yeah. Not accepting the trade to Calgary. Yeah, for all intents, uh, for all what I've heard is that it would have been TJ Brody and I think think somebody said mark jankowski or oh, someone like that a, a center of equivalent like equivalent to third line like the, the, i'm pretty sure that's like i don't somebody had mentioned that like if dubis were to trade cadre it was for a, a a third line center and a right hand defenseman or the right hand defense would be the priority and then getting a center back would be ideal we to replace him. and brody's a lefty yeah, which made no sense. We were, I mean, like, what, a couple weeks ago we were talking Kadri for Truba before he got traded in New York. Now you end up landing a guy who produced better than Truba. Um, I His mean, team had more Barry, success. Like, he led Colorado to that upset. Yeah, and, he, and he actually wanted to, I'm assuming, be here. Because Truba basically, no, thankfully, Truba said, said, he basically yeah. said he doesn't want to be in Canada, which, yeah. I mean, based on his excuse, could have been just an excellent PR excuse or yeah. or not. I mean, he, for all the people that don't know, he basically said his his girlfriend or his fiance, she was a nurse or something like that, and she wanted Doctor, to work for a U.S. hospital or something along in those New lines. York? I think she was, like, sure. studying in New York or something like that. Yes, I think, I think she was studying in New York. Um, I mean, if it's truth or not... What a hell of a story! <laughs> yeah. Like you could, like he either could have said that, 
Or he could have been like, get me the fuck out of this dump. Yeah. And which sounds better? Like, what, what is somebody going to be like, that bitch, she wanted to save someone's life? Screw her. <laughs> somebody like, in Winnipeg would have been like, hey, wait a minute. Wait Winnipeg's a minute. Winnipeg's a great place with our yeah, no airport. With no airports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our one street that every single fan that can't get in the building stands in to watch the game. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Winnipeg's a very nice place, but. The no airport thing is going to be a sticking point forever. So. It's just it's just a joke that's so easy. Don't what you have to go to North Dakota? Is that right or South Dakota? To get into Winnipeg or Minnesota or something like that? I have no it's idea. Bad. Um, I mean, yeah, like we were talking about just a one for one swap, and Tyson Berry's not Jacob Truba in terms of defensive play. He's an offensive defenseman. He's a small guy. He's what every team wants right now in the NHL, which is 5'11", six-foot guy that can push the puck up very well, zone exit, and create offense. And he does all those things amazingly. Yeah, that's, that's the part. Um, he's he's basically the right-handed equivalent of Morgan Riley. Yep. Yes. But... And he and Morgan Riley are two of the six top-scoring defensemen in the NHL over the past two seasons. I mean... They're the top, they're the top-scoring pairing... Uh, yeah. In the NHL, yeah. I mean, I, I've wanted Tyson Berry since 2014, so I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've loved his game for years. He's somebody that I've seen. I remember looking at the tra- trade rumors in like 2014, the Eklund trade rumors and stuff like that, going through it, thinking like this would be a perfect dad. The days, and the days. I mean that that's that's the nice part about actually having a a GM that's, you know, progressive and outside the box thinker and doesn't just listen to the normal fucking bullshit that's going on nowadays. But I like, I mean, most people also have the thing that I find ridiculous. I don't know if any other GM that universally every, almost every single move has been lauded. Like basically every player that as a leaf fan over the past two years, we've had an issue with, He's gone. Yep. <laughs> Who's one player that is still on the roster that you have an issue with as a hockey player? Cody CC, but he was. I mean, okay. I'm saying, I'm saying as a player who played for the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody. Nobody traded them all. Got rid of them. Didn't re-sign them. People complain about Zaitsev throwing throwing grenades up the middle. Gone. Connor Brown playing 20 minutes a night, gone. Patrick Marlowe playing yeah. 20 minutes in a game seven when his offensive input is basically like a traffic cone, gone. Hainsey. Ron Hainsey playing seven minutes on a goddamn PK, gone. Per night. Per night. Oh, <laughs> oh, Garrett Sparks allowing seven goals a night, gone. Man, yeah, I have no, like, people are talking about him like he's going to be in the AHL. I was like, why don't you just get rid of him for a late, like mid to late round pick, mid if they could get preferably. Anything, that'd be amazing. Yeah, and then you you I mean it's not the best thing because they're two rookies, but you ride with Joe Wool and you ride with Ian Scott, and then that I don't put either of those guys in the ECHL, and I don't send Scott back to Junior because he ripped up Junior this year. He was the goalie of the year. Yeah, I don't no, see him. Makes no makes no sense. I don't see no. him doing that. Both of them need to be with the Marlies next year. How, right? he, how is he even eligible for junior? He's what? He's got to be twenty. I think he was younger uh, boy when they drafted him, though. 
Uh, let's see. Ian. He yeah, because if he was... Uh, give me one sec. Internet's not being my friend. He's 20 now. So, yeah, he's not eligible anymore. So, yeah, he should be with the Marlies. There's been some talk that he's going to be with the Growlers, but I, I don't see it. I don't know why you'd do that. No, I, I and the Leafs... Well, just, they want to use the Grellers for development. It's not for guys like Ian Scott. It's It's for a guy like Zach Boutillier, who they took in the seventh round last summer. Exactly. Who's He's a young guy, and he's been a backup in the queue his entire career. It's like those guys. Yeah. It's, just, and like, it's, it's to build up your depth foods for the Marlies for their goaltending situation, too. Yeah. They, like, if the Marlies need a starter, or like if there's an injury, you just call up the guy from the Growlers. Like, jo- Joseph Wool's a their top goalie prospect and Ian Scott's already played with the Marlies. I think he, Oh no, he didn't sign with the Marlies this year. Cause they went to the Memorial cup, but Scott's a guy that signed a PCO to play with the Marlies. He has familiarity with the team. Yeah. He like does. They're both, they both should be with the Marlies next year. I don't know how we got on this tangent, but no. Apologies. And, oh, Sparks. Right. Okay. Now, Sparks yeah. And now the, the thing I want to bring up with the, uh, with the avalanche trade and the Kaji trade, Here's a guy that played, as soon as John Tavares signed, pushed down to a third-line center role, and Dubas was able to sell him as a second-line center. And that exactly right there is what made this trade so good in that, look, people can be upset about losing a guy like Kadri. Uh, They may not think... I I just... I'm upset about it. No, I'm not. I just don't, I hope people don't get on Tyson Berry for not being the type of defenseman the Leafs need or like th- that they think the Leafs need. There's going to be moments like that, yeah. though. It's it's just the nature of it and playing in Toronto. I, I don't Barry's know. Been. I don't. I, I don't think he will. See what I'd love to see, and I see most people putting uh, Barry and Riley together. Like, no, put Barry with Muzzin and watch that pairing dominate. A healthy Muzzin with a guy that can move the puck. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, he made yeah. Zaitsev look like a serviceable NHLer in the playoffs. And with a bad back. We know that Muzzin yeah. wasn't exactly oh, No, 100%. he was nowhere near 100% down the stretch. Um yeah, and and the thing about the Kaiju trade too is Kerfoot's not exactly a throwaway he's, player. He is a really he's the exciting piece in this deal. Like Tyson Berry, you know what you're getting. Alex Kerfoot's it's his second year in the league. Alexander, sorry, Alexander Kerfoot. There was a tweet that went out that says, "Do not call him Alex. He would refer to be referred to in his full name." Alexander, sorry, Foot from good old Vancouver, British Columbia. <laughs> um, He's gonna be Mike Babcock's new toy. Cool. We already Woody. know. That's, a toy. That's, a, that's a toy I'm actually okay with. And Jake, what was Man, the one thing yeah. you wanted to you, to see the Leafs get? For what? A center that can play the penalty kill. They got a couple guys that can, can do it now. If you can play the penalty kill and win faceoffs, I love you. I think, I, I mean, I said it in our group chat, I think Mikheyev is going to be used as one of those guys because he did take draws somewhat in the KHL. Well, you also a, have, he was listen, brought in to be a Don't forget, you still also have Nick Shore and Spezza as well. Yeah, for sure. I think some of the um, best penalty kills the Leafs Best penalty killers the Leafs could have are Trevor Moore and and Kapanen. Yeah, I think yeah. I think guys with speed who are just willing to run around, basically for forty seconds, like their heads are cut off, 
That's a perfect penalty killer. Yeah. And with with Hyman out to start the year, I mean, you're going to have a couple yeah. guys that can you can you can slot guys in and try different things. I'm I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. Do you see? I want to know. Okay, I I don't see Frederick Oche making this team. No, no, I think he's done. He's <laughs> he should be never. He should never play another shift for the Leafs. Um, do you see Spezza as the fourth line center, or do you see him potentially spotting up as the third line center? I don't. I don't think so. Yet. I mean, they kind of intimated that dude was kind of intimated. There's no way he's playing third line. Okay. If if Kerfoot's the third line center and Spets is the fourth line center, you're laughing down the middle. Oh, 100%. yeah. Betso was what? I, I, he did play the fourth line last year with Dallas, but he was a top six he guy played, a years ago. With the he can play second power play. He yep. kind of reminds me uh, impact kind of like a um, a Tyler Ennis. Where I did not he's know like Betso was as big as he was. Oh, he's huge. He's like he's six, six four. Yeah, I did not know that. I thought he was like oh, he ain't small. No. no, he's a big guy. I remember that from his Ottawa days. But um, that I'm that just out. I'm just shocked. To see Jason Spatz in a Leaf uniform, it'll be weird. It's like seeing Marlowe. He, he was pretty giddy. He did like an interview on it. He's obviously, if you don't know them, Jason Spezza being a goofy guy, just listen to oh. just type in Jason Spezza laugh on YouTube. Yeah, but he he was quite excited when he had his interview with the media for for when he was a Leaf. But now I, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have an impact a lot like Tyler Ennis. He's gonna put up. You know, 15 goals, he'll score 35, 30 points maybe. He'll play some second power play minutes. He might play average like 13 minutes a night. I think he'll be good. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm just excited that Dubas, like everyone was saying, you need depth, you need depth. Mike Babcock asked for depth, especially up front, and Dubas was like, here you go. Literally three moves, the Leafs, like it just turned the Leafs completely, like a total 180 from what was expected. And Nick Shore is also a guy that a lot of people wanted them to sign last year. I mean, he's not just an out-of-nowhere signing. A little bit, because he was in the KHL this year with yeah. Magnitogorsk. Um, but, yeah, this is a guy that, I mean, they've been linked to the Leafs for a minute and get it done. I mean, he, he can play on the wing. He can. He's one of those guys you can put him... I think you can put him on the penalty kill. He plays wing at even strength, and then he plays down the middle in the PK. That works... For me, <laughs> works for me too. Guys. Yeah, I, like there's so many options now. Like Mikheyev has played some center. Shore's played center. Um, Kerfoot can play center or wing, obviously. Like the the bottom six, there's just so many plug and play guys right now. And I don't know that they're done. Like I think Mason Marchment might have a shot with this team. I think mm. so too. If Horse especially off. Babcock, maybe has, not right away. No. I think maybe down the line, yeah. maybe get a couple games, but he'll, he'll, he kind of reminds me of a guy that'll be in one one or two games and out for like five. But I think all these signings also mean Jeremy Bracco's like you can't. I don't think you can keep in the AHL again. No, at at some point, a guy that young and that good is not going to be content with playing in the AHL. No, and I think that's the year. This is the year that he's just going to say, either bring me up or trade me. And you know what? And if, if a team is willing to give a, a defenseman that the Leafs yeah. could use as a depth defense, like a guy that's young they and. Can, yeah. If they could take Bracco and a pick of some sort and turn it into a good bottom four defenseman, yeah. 
because I don't want Ben Harper playing. No. Hell, even if, even if they could flip him for a first, late first yeah. or something like that in the yeah. draft or two seconds or something like that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have an issue with it. I mean, And, yeah, the Leafs took him with a pick they got as a trade back. I mean, they got a late second, basically a third. He was, he was the last pick in the second round. Yeah. Um, exactly. But he was taken with a pick they didn't even go into the draft with. Yeah. So they're flipping him for an asset. And it just that just works out well. As long as I get a plus asset for him, I'm happy. Which I'm just saying, asset management. If you get something better than you put into it, then it works. It's a if good. If there's good one deal. guy other than Cody CC that I think Mike Babcock's gonna ride this year, I think it's gonna be Ben Harper, just because he's six six every time he touches the ice. Is he actually six six? I knew yeah, he was he's big. I didn't think he was that big. Yeah, Jeez. he's massive. Guy's a house. So, so he's, but he's got. A so he's got what cinder block feet? I think he has like six points in his career. Right. <laughs> uh, let's let's see. I know he had five points last year. I did remember seeing that. Oh, he's part Australian. Look at that. He's from Hamilton, though. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway, uh, six career points. He had eleven and nineteen games with uh, Belleville though last season. So that's or two seasons ago. So that's pretty good. I mean, he's an AHL body. Is basically how I would look at it. I don't yeah. think the Marlies need an AHL body because their defense. <laughs> they're losing forwards left and right. They need. They don't need defensemen. No, they don't. And uh, they've got like eight or nine defensemen already. I also like that they're somewhat leaving the door open for Lilligren as well, because now you can potentially have him go on the third. The third. Yeah, does pairing. he get a slide year if they still use him for just a couple games this year? Um, I can't remember how the entry yeah. level stuff. Yeah, there was nine games. Yeah, like if they play him for the nine at his age, does he still get to slide? Or I don't think I, so. I know. I feel like AHL exemption is it's is different. He's, he's twenty now, right? Uh, yes. Yes. So who knows? Ninety nine. So I think he still has work to do in the AHL, and I think yep. Sandin would do well. Like I think if the Leafs can get that little if they stretch can buy, if they can buy until Christmas. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, it's. Just thinking of Dermot, did you hear Dubas's comment on uh, on Zach Hyman? What's that? Uh, Dubas, they asked him about Hyman's uh, coming back, or if he was on track for to return on schedule for the ACL, and he said, well, they were throwing him up at the chair in his wedding, so it seems like he's right on track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I did hear that one. That's, That's pretty true. funny. Oh, uh, Dubas, Dubas enjoys a chuckle. I appreciate him for that. I, and you know what? Uh, the, now you just remind me. What I liked about what Dubas has done through all this is he's not allowed Mitch Marner's negotiations to hold him hostage. And that's what well, everyone was worried about. And that's what it looked like, honestly, because Nick Shore... Well, he made it, he made it seem like that. that. By constantly well, yeah. saying, we're waiting for Mitch, we want to save room for Mitch. We want that's to what it looked like to Mitch start free like. agency, though. Like, you start with a, a cap dump trade and then transition into two veteran minimum signings. Because I think that Cap Friendly has shore down as a 750k yeah. signing. I think so. They haven't announced it though yet, but yeah, that's and uh, they also signed Agostino. That's right. Oh, Kenny Agostino. That's true. He's gonna be another body. He's good. He's like a like Chris Mueller. He's sort gonna of be thing, like the Tyler Ennis sort of deal where you give a guy yeah. a chance to recoup some he's, value. He reminds Christopher. me of Josh Levo. Yeah. He's either going to be an extra forward or he's going to be a stud, like, first-line age. Don't tell Agostino that. It might not work out. Um, But, like, they also have, 
like, what is Nick Patan going to do? I think he's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be gone. I think yeah. he's got to be a first-line AHL guy at least. Like, he's not going to make the team. Maybe, but, you know, it'll be different for him to go to the Marlies than if he go to another AHL team because he'll actually – Marlies... The Marlies are going to go from uh, Mueller and Brocco this year to Patan and uh, uh, Goat on the first line. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's um, going to be a steep drop-off. Yeah. They lost. They did lose Mueller and they did lose Laverde. I forget where they signed. Mueller signed with Tampa, I feel like. All right, Jen. Think... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was going to say, I, th- I thought Laverde played for, it was going to like another Canadian Hartford. team or something like that. Like, Hartford? Playing... Yeah. Okay. So it's it New somewhere. York. Yeah, Rangers. Yeah, good for him. For good, 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 good pro, good guy. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, he did his job and got us a cup and good pro. Um. All right, final th- guys. The final word on Mitch's stuff. You think this doesn't seem like it's gonna get done anytime soon? No. Because he's going to keep pushing for whatever stupid number uh, Paul Drager puts out there. And, uh, yeah, uh, Sebastian Ajo's deal just really screwed Mitch and his camp over. And they're going to keep pushing for their side now. It seems like it's going to be another Nylander situation, but, like, not as severe. I don't think this will go to December by any means. But... It won't. It'll go until – I think the latest it goes to I is, think is, is September. Mitch will make them sweat into training camp, I would think, at the latest. Like what, what Truba did uh, a couple of years ago in Subban, and Pasternak. Yeah, just make them sweat for right up until the end, and then you work something out for a bridge, maybe. So this I don't want to spend all what, summer talking about Marner though. What What do you see uh, as the contract? Do you, in terms of years? I think it's three or four or something yeah. like that. It, it can't be five because no. Matthews can't be up at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I was gonna no, say it's either it's either th- three three or four or six. Because Nylander was six, right? So he, Matthews, and Marner would all be up at the same time in that case. I mean, Nylander and Marner being up together is a little different than Matthews and. I would rather. No, I'm saying all three would be yeah. up because Nylander signed for. I would prefer if they got Mitch. Mitch would be the first. Like mm, you have him I, set the bar, and then Matthews, because let's I, say Matthews I, were to set the bar, and that was been the issue with the Marner stuff. Matthews set the I bar. Know, at this point, just just get him signed. I, I don't really care about who's going first. Let's be honest. In six years from now, you might not even want them on your team. Very true. I mean, yeah. It, as long as it's not like the thirteen million or whatever these stupid no, reports are from Drager, there's a zero no. percent chance that happens. And it's been proven that I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to be this guy, but it's very obvious that Darren Dreger's, uh reputation has taken a bit of a hit as a comes to just reporting on this Marner stuff. I, I yeah, certainly... it's pretty pretty friggin' embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He's getting information from the Marner camp, but it's very clear that it's a one-sided report. The Leafs aren't leaking anything to him. No. And that's been a very good theme that, honestly, I've grown to like with Toronto teams, that they don't let anything out of house. That's very true. No, it's and it, it's, it kept things, it's kept things kind of in, yeah, it's kept it in-house and it's kept it controlled, right? They control in there, don't let the media spin off on any speculation. 
All right, gentlemen, with that being said, I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Yeah. All right. I want to thank you guys for listening and for welcoming us back after our little vacation. We will take the time next podcast to talk about the Blue Jays. We were going to do this podcast, but don't really have the time for it. So we'll, we'll touch on the Blue Jays and how maybe they might be might be worth watching, even though they don't have pitching. They have a couple of other reasons to watch. They're worth watching in one half of an inning. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. Maybe we'll have something to talk about with Kawhi and Mitch. Who knows? Um, but uh, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you grab your podcasts. Um, and we will catch you uh, next time.